Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, you health renaissance people. Yes, the dawn of the Age of Enlightenment is almost here. Uh, but we are, when I say almost, we're going to talk today about common abdominal surgeries. Now, these are surgeries that are done without really thought of the long-term consequences. It's basically done out of ignorance, and if you've had the surgery done, what do you do? Now, we're going to cover gastric bypass, lap band, gallbladder, and appendix. So we're not going to go into uh, fibroids, uterus removal, um, ovarian cyst removal, adrenal gland removal, kidney um, removed. We're not going to go into all the other surgeries that are being done uh, commonly. We're just going to cover gastric bypass, lap band, gallbladder, and appendix. So first, let's look at the digestive system. When we look at the digestive system, this is hugely important, hugely important when when you're understanding how this process works. You've got the autonomic nervous system that controls every function. And in digestion, we're looking at the parasympathetic or the rest digestion repair. This means when you smell food, it goes in your esophagus, down into your stomach, through your intestinal tract. When it hits the intestinal tract, the gallbladder is right there, which stores and concentrates bile. The gallbladder contracts flooding the duodenum with this bile and that emulsifies fats. And your whole digestive tract is designed to break down fats um, to fatty acids, carbohydrates to usable sugars, and proteins to amino acids. And if it does break that down, then your body can live. Uh, What I want you to look at is the ecosystem that is the gut. See, there's no other animal species on the planet that's continually removing parts out of their abdomen. So we need to find out what is wrong with the gut. Like, why are appendixes being removed? What's the function of appendix? Why is uh, our gallbladders being removed? What's the function of a gallbladder? What can damage the gallbladder? Why is our, our stomachs being stapled or bypassed or or choked off? Is it for weight loss or what's the cause of weight gain? Could it be a, a nervous system imbalance? Uh, by treating the symptoms in this drug culture, we're giving a number of medications that can alter our ecosystem. So I want you to step back and look at the gut because the gut is 80% of your immune system. And if we do any surgeries on this area, we are affecting our immune system. And the immune system is the only thing that keeps you alive. So when we're looking at this, what type of medications can damage the gut, the immune system, or 80% of the immune system? We're looking at blood pressure, anxiety medications, of course antibiotics, antidepressants, pain relievers, cholesterol drugs, all of these can damage it. So what we need to do is look at the causes of this. Uh, When you look at gastric bypass and lap band, these are not weight loss um, uh, cure-alls. What causes weight gain? 
when you look at weight gain, it really is an autonomic imbalance. It's like, why does do people eat uh, to excess? Well, when we look at the sympathetic parasympathetic nervous system, if someone's in a stress state, this means physical, chemical, and emotional stress, they're going to want to stimulate that parasympathetic nervous system. And there's no fast way to stimulate that parasympathetic nervous system unless they eat something. And so eating disorders typically are a person trying to adapt to the physical, chemical, and emotional stressors. So obviously, if you have those stressors, uh, wouldn't it be more effective to deal with them directly? Because weight gain, and you're talking a good hunk of America is obese. Is Is America obese because they have stress? Absolutely. Physical, chemical, emotional stress, super common. Uh, but also, do they have a toxic deficient diet? See, the way our diet works here on our planet is you take in nutrients and you break those nutrients down into usable materials. That way you can't use, you store. So what we're looking at is calorie-rich but nutrition-poor food. That's calorie-rich but nutrition-poor food. So the bypass and lap bands, are not, they're not being done because the stomach is too big on the human being for it to thrive in this environment. The gastric and lap band surgeries are done because we have a calorie-rich, nutrition-poor, stressed environment. Okay, I want you to get that because so many people, we're getting them in, when they're coming in with the gastric surgeries, bypass lap bands, and they're coming in with these surgeries done, and they're nutrient deficient. They have hormonal imbalances. There's a lot of different problems. So we're going to cover why um, these surgeries, if they're done, what you can do to correct the problem, but if they're not done, what you can do to correct the problem that is creating the need for the surgery. So um, it's really dealing with it. Now, we're also going to cover gallbladder and appendix. And when you look at gallbladder, that's also the end result of physical, chemical, and emotional stress load. Now, the appendix, the appendix is very, very vital. You're going to find out what it does because what it does is its job is to keep healthy gut bacteria to repopulate the gut after any uh, evacuation of the bowel, such as in diarrhea or dysentery, cholera, anything that wipes out the normal gut flora, the appendix is there to repopulate it. So what kind of things can damage the appendix? Well, disruption of the gut flora, antibiotics, stress, medications, chlorinated water, environmental toxins. There's a number of things that can damage that. Now, it's it's interesting. When, when we look at um, gastric bypass, when we look at lap bands, uh, <laughs> some of the things that, that you're going to find interesting are after you've done a bypass, Okay, what they want you to do is do massive diet changes. So this means that, and this is 
see, a lot of people are thinking that if you've done a gastric bypass, you've gone around the stomach, you're, you're bypassing a lot of the digestive problems, um, process, so you're creating a malabsorption, a, a situation where you cannot absorb nutrients, and in that in that situation, by by going by the intestinal aspect, you can't just keep the same lifestyle. You can't keep eating the same nutrients and or calories and quality of food and expect to have a successful operation. So what do they tell you? They tell you, after you've had the surgery, to limit or eliminate desserts. Uh, don't tempt yourself with junk food. Eliminate all fast food. Eat out only on occasion. Uh, take quality supplements and, and vitamins. Separate your water and food by at least 30 minutes. So they're talking about no drinking water a half hour before a meal or a half hour after. Uh, introduce sl food slowly. And they're also saying that what you need to choose after the surgery is foods with healthy fats, such as avocados or wild salmon, nuts, sardines, coconut oil. And, I mean, if you look at this, they're saying avoid greasy and spicy foods. Avoid whole milk. Uh, you know, eat nutrient-dense foods like whole plant, whole food, vegetables. Plan your meals. I mean, they're also making stupid choices like canned tuna. But, see, if you were doing these surgery or these uh, health nutrition choices in the first place, you wouldn't be needing the gastric bypass. Now, it's interesting. What about lap bands? Now, lap band, you put a foreign object around the stomach, limiting that stomach's ability to expand. Uh, and you can pump it up to uh, tighten it up. Here's the challenge. What they say after you do the lap band. Now, you've got a foreign object inside of your stomach wrapped around the lap band. Now, this can damage the, the flesh. It, there can be secondary infection. There's a lot of problems with the lamp band. It's not a simple problem. And this is a band that's going to be attached to you forever. However, the lamp band does not work unless you modify your diet. And I know what you might be thinking now. Well, what if I modify my diet? Will I need the lamp band? No, you won't. Because what do they recommend? And honest to God, this is their recommendation. You have to learn a new way of eating after the lap band. Uh, you have to take 20 to 30 minutes to eat a meal. They recommend eating small meals throughout the day because your stomach's smaller. Uh, if you have, if you vomit or have pain under your best breastbone, you may be eating too fast. Don't snack before meals. Stop eating as soon as you feel full. Don't eat if you're not hungry. Don't drink 30 minutes uh, after or before a meal. Don't drink anything while you're eating. I, I mean, you're looking at this. They even say calories still count. Don't eat too many feed, uh, foods that contain lots of fats or, or lots of sugar or carbohydrates. Don't drink alcohol. Uh, and, and I mean, it's like this advice, if this was given before you had the surgery, that would be a good idea because you're going to lose weight. See, the only reason people are overweight in our society 
is because we have nutrition-poor, calorie-dense foods, and we have a population that's stressed. They're in that sympathetic-dominant state. And in order to balance out the parasympathetic, they're going to eat. That eating is the greatest way to stimulate the parasympathetic. It has a calming effect. Now, the lap band problems, lap band problems uh, can cause blood clots, bowel perforation, bowel function changes, esophageal dilation, food trapping. It's going to increase gallstones. It can increase reflux disease, increases hyaluronic hernia, food intolerances, pneumonia. I mean, there's a number of problems with it. And, okay, when I gave... Um, I gave a, a quick little Facebook shout-out. I do a, a minute post every day. And i got to tell you, one of the, the people that posted, I'm going to use their post in uh, the, the uh, TV show tonight. And i got to read this for you, because this gal is just right on. Quote, in 1986, I weighed 238 pounds. She's only five foot one. I had a stomach stapling done, and they removed my gallbladder, saying it was a routine for that type of surgery. She lost 100 pounds, then a few years later, the stomach stretched, and she gained it all back. You are so right to have to change the diet to be healthy, which she did in 2003 on a paleo-type diet. She lost 93 pounds and kept it off. And the only thing about the surgery that she wants people to know is that over the years, it caused her to have three more surgeries for hernias, and now she she has to have a bear of a time digesting fat and meat. I regret having my weight loss surgery every day. I certainly would not tell anyone to have that kind of surgery. Please just change End of quote. I mean, brilliant from the heart, and in, in, you got to... You've got to look at the real reason behind this. You cannot do a surgery to affect the lifestyle change. Now, let's look at the gallbladder. The gallbladder stores and concentrates bile. Bile is produced by the liver from red blood cells in the blood that's produced by the body. The spleen checks every red blood cell Every 20 minutes, it sends those red blood cells over to the liver to be broken down into the protein constituents and to form bile. Now, what's interesting is where gallstones come from. Gallstones are actually stress hormones that are concentrated. And this means that if a person has physical, chemical, or emotional stress, they're going to have more gallstone formation and this is going to be a contributing factor to gallstone formations and gallbladder problems. Now, it's interesting. If you've had your gallbladder removed, you have an increased rate of heart disease, increased rates of cancer, increased learning difficulties, poor, poor blood sugar control, osteoporosis, poor nervous system functioning. I mean, a number of different problems. Also, post-cholecystectomy. Cholecystectomy is, is removal of the gallbladder syndrome. It's thought to be caused by bile leaking into areas of the stomach or by gallstones being left in the bile ducts. It, get this, the gallbladder is essential. If you've had your gallbladder removed, you're going to be fatty acid deficient. So you have to increase your healthy saturated fats. 
um, you know, it's like coconut oil, palm oil, or grass-fed butter. But you have to heal the gut. you got to figure, if your gallbladder has been removed, there's chronic physical, chemical, or emotional stress load there. You have to look at those stressors. Um, if your gallbladder has been removed, you did not remove the problem. Uh, now, after a gallbladder removal, after a gallbladder has been removed, there's certain things that can happen. I mean, bleeding, bile leakage, injury to the bile duct. Now, this is common. You're talking it occurs in one in 500 cases. It was six. Uh, th that's pretty common. You can have injury to the intestine and bowel and the blood vessels. You can have deep vein thrombosis, uh, tummy pain, indigestion, diarrhea, jaundice. Now, you've got to figure the bile acids emulsify fat, it, in, which is eliminating excess cholesterol. Bile is necessary for the absorption of calcium. Bile and cholesterol are necessary for vitamin D production. Now, statins actually block liver enzymes responsible for making cholesterol. And in fact, statins, cholesterol-lowering drugs, increase cholesterol secreted in the bile. Now, I haven't seen any studies that show that statin drugs uh, increase gallstone formation, but it kind of makes sense if statins are getting rid of cholesterol through the bile. Now, um, if you're taking hormones, estrogen decreases gallbladder contraction. So if you're taking birth control, they can increase cholesterol content of the bile. So there's a number of different factors. Now, after gallbladder surgery, you're talking pancreatitis, inflammation, damage to the pancreas. In constant dripping of the bile can irritate the colon. So it's not good. When you look at, and we've got a couple of journal articles that we're going to bring up, that and they were, we're talking peer-reviewed, the British Journal of Cancer, uh, they talk found an elevated risk for colorectal cancer associated with uh, gallstones or removal of the gallbladder. They also found an increased risk of depression uh, disorder following removal of the gallbladder. And when you look at, uh, here it is, increased risk of peptic ulcers following a removal of the gallbladder. Why? Because you... The gallbladder's job is to store and concentrate bile, and when that gallbladder, when fat hits that duodenum, the gallbladder contracts in order to break those fats to fatty acids. Well, with all, without the gallbladder to store and concentrate and to secrete it, you have a constant dripping of this caustic fluid, the bile, trying to emulsify fats. So it obviously will irritate the mucous linings of that duodenum area because it's constantly dripping. So that makes sense that there's going to be an increase in, in peptic ulcers. So what do you do after you've had the um, gallbladder removed? Well, for one, avoid toxic overload to the liver. Avoid processed or commercially packaged foods. You've got to avoid the toxic fried foods and toxic oils. You've got to avoid corn oil, canola oil, soy. Uh, you've got to minimize toxic perfume and cosmetic use. Now, after the gallbladder's been removed, you have to increase your healthy saturated fats and high fiber. 
See, one of the biggest things, the gallbladder concentrates bile. And that bile is less concentrated when it enters the small intestine. So it can have a laxative effect. So after the gallbladder, diarrhea or loose stool is very common. So you have to increase fiber in your diet. Absolutely. This is ridiculously vital. You also may need to supplement with ox bile, enzymes, herbs like uh, dandelions are very, very good to add to your diet. Um, and you have to look at poison has hydrogenated vegetable oils. Uh, you have to avoid the toxic dairy, and you're going to be taking enzymes, uh, lipase, for just about the rest of your life. Now, let's look at the appendix. Okay, the appendix. Now, this goes into the world of insanity. We had a patient that had their appendix removed, a 24-year-old kid, hardly ever came in. In fact, his mom works here. And the, the kid goes in, and I said, hey, can you ask your surgeon why he wants to remove it? And the surgeon said, well, it was back when we had tails. It was part of our tail. Now, it's lymph tissue. It's part of the intestinal tract. And animals typically don't have intestinal tracts in their tails. So this guy was either ignorant or just joking around. But whatever, the appendix actually has a function. Now, scientists from Duke University Medical Center, North Carolina, they found out that the appendix actually is a safe house for bacteria, that the that it's used to reboot the normal gut flora. Now, without the gut flora, we all die. So if you've had dysentery or cholera, it, it can take years to reboot that system, and that's going to weaken your immune system because the healthy gut flora, the intestinal tract, is the only the, – your, how you thrive on this planet. So if you've had dysentery, cholera, or severe bouts of diarrhea, your normal gut flora can be interrupted. So the appendix is there to um, repopulate the system. And, and it's interesting, Professor Bill Parker, now, uh, he even says, these findings don't mean you should cling on to our appendix, says, at all costs. Uh, quote, it's very important for people to understand that their appendix gets inflamed just because it has a function does not mean they should try to keep it in. He said, well, um, let, let, let's look at it. Okay, now, every year, 300,000 people are having their appendixes removed. And this includes 76,000 children have their appendix removed. So wouldn't, like if I said a group of animals is having their appendix removed, wouldn't you think that there's a problem with that group of animals? Not with an organ system. Because this has not been done for millennia where you know, ancient man was carving out the appendix with a stone tool. So what's causing damage to the appendix? Well, did you know that when they started to chlorinate water that the rash of uh, appendicitis grew exponentially? So things that damage the gut flora, things that destroy the gut microbiome, damage the appendix. 
Now, this is huge. So look at antibiotics. But look at the, the areas of antibiotics that you wouldn't normally think of. Look at bread that's not organic. Look at animal products that are not hormone-free, pasture-raised. Genetically modified foods, foods soaked with glyphosates, those will also disrupt the normal gut flora damage in the, the appendix. Oral contraceptives, processed foods, and this is huge because if your appendix has been damaged, you're talking a massive increase in autoimmune diseases, in allergies, asthma, frequent colds, bowel problems, autoimmune disorders. See, that, that, that appendix has an important function involved also in immune system. Uh, it involved in T lymphocytes, B lymphocytes. It's also said to produce early defenses that prevent serious infections in the human. The appendix has lymph tissue which helps the body fight infections. Uh, there was a, a brilliant article in 1996 that showed that E. coli was found in 88% of all inflamed appendixes. So could that mean that an E. coli excess that we're exposed to can be damaging our appendixes? Is that why, you know, nearly 300,000 appendixes in adults and 76,000 kids are being, uh, having their appendix removed? So why is E. coli is per pervasive in conventional meats, particularly those raised in unhealthy conditions? So what do you do to have a healthy appendix? Avoid antibiotics. Okay, avoid chlorinated water, and look at the 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 sub the the areas that subtly introduce a, a, a antibiotics in your diet. Commercially, commercial dairy, commercial animal products, and uh, commercial bread uh, can also have that antibiotic property from the glyphosates. Uh, chlorinated water, birth controls, infant formulas. Sugar can overwhelm your microbiome. Genetically modified foods. I mean, all of this. Now, when we look at, we have the journal, several journal articles, the Journal of Theor Theoretic Biology. They talk about how biofilms in the large appendix, the appendix is thought to have some immune system function associated with substantial lymphatic tissue. And it, 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 it is, is actually vital for your function. You can live without it. And in fact, if you've had your appendix removed, you have a 60% increased risk of colon cancer. Um, so we really have to appreciate the gut flora. So what do you need to do? You need to get your nervous system checked. If you are going for a gastric bypass surgery or a lap band surgery or gallstones, know that your body has physical, chemical, and emotional stress. You've got to get that checked out. Uh, look at your antibiotic exposure. That means exposure. That means you may not be taking them unless you're eating fast food. And look at genetically modified organisms. Those can damage the gut flora. Vaccinations can damage the gut flora. Processed foods can damage the gut flora. So what do you do? If you've had the surgery, you have to take care of your gut flora. And this includes if you've had bypass, lap band, gallbladder, or appendix taken out. You've got to rebuild 80% of your immune system or gut flora. 
organic, plant-based diet, healthy fats such as coconut oil and olive oil, fermented foods, probiotic, juice your vegetables, blend your fruits, get fermented foods with almost every meal. And look at antioxidant-rich foods, stuff you need to heal the gut. But think of this. If you were doing this stuff in the first place, you'd have a healthy uh, appendix and a healthy gallbladder anyway. If you were doing the diet restrictions that they give you after a bypass, a gastric bypass or a lap band, you would lose weight anyway. If you deal with the physical, chemical, and emotional stress components of weight gain, you would start to lose weight anyway. So look at the environment you're in. Our species has never had an obesity problem. What we have, we have a toxicity issue now. We have high stress, um, foods that are nutrient poor but calorie rich. We need to start rethinking our body, rethinking what you put in your system. We're going to cover all of this tonight. I've got a tremendous amount of data and references so that people can own this. Uh, go to, also we have Extreme Health Academy. This is our Digestive Health Month. Next month it's going to be on hormones, which is going to be really exciting. Uh, no bad jokes. No bad jokes about hormones. Okay, this month we're only talking about digestion. Next month is going to be exciting. But go to Extreme Health Academy. That's ideal. And every month, at the start of every month, we have ExtremeHealthChallenge.com. And you can go back through and do the challenges from past month, but it's a way to get your body healthy. We also have our cruise coming up in just about nine months, or actually uh, 11 months. We're going to be going to Cozumel and Havana. So go to our website, but also go to BSG Meetings, LLC.com slash Bergman Chiropractic Cruise. Uh, we've got links everywhere. This is going to be pretty exciting. Uh, I mean, wouldn't it be fun to go to Cuba? And when we go to Cuba, also check out our drjohnbergman.com. That's drjohnbergman.com. Save your friends with this information. This is Dr. John Bergman. God bless you. I love you. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.